This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is the Fantasy Ramble, the best student-run FPL show in the country. Join our panel as they take you through the biggest fixtures from each Premier League game week, giving you their advice on how to succeed in your FPL mini-leagues. Expect in-depth discussion, wild takes and plenty of laughs right here on the Fantasy Ramble. Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Ramble. My name is Jack Donnelly and you're listening to Energy Sports' flagship fantasy football show where we give you insight and tips ahead of the upcoming Premier League game week. As always, I'm joined by some of Napier's finest FPL managers to discuss the upcoming set of fixtures. Firstly, we've got the weatherman, Struan Garvey. How are you, mate? I'm not bad at all, thank you. And the weather is rainy. It was a sleety snow earlier on, but it seems to have temporarily gone off. You sold us dreams of snow just before we started recording, so there's no snow whatsoever anymore. It's just mush. It's it's not actually laying anywhere, but it has been quite heavily snowing. I, I expect it to start again any minute, though, just based on the skies. Well, keep us updated throughout this podcast, please, because we, we'll, oh, we'll be do. I'll, I'll Especially if that. one of you is making a really good point. I'll just jump in with a South Africa-esque snow. <laughs> South Africa, I like that. That's a good reference. Uh, a man of many still game references himself is also joining us today, Mr. Jamie McIntosh. How are you? Oh, that was nice. I like that. That was a nice segue. Thank you. Yes, I am. I am excellent today. Actually, it's a Friday. Obviously, uh, there is Scottish football back on the television tonight, and uh, I was able to go swimming this morning. Fantastic. My uh, gym's outdoor pool section of the club had uh, was allowed to reopen as of this morning, so I was up at the crack of dawn. Swimming in the outdoor pool this morning. How was that? See, I thought you sounded like you had a spring in your step, by the way, when you joined us. Like, you, you've got a spring in your you step. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Certainly that's do, that, yeah. That's, that's, this guy's, he's been places, he's been places that not none of us can even think of right now. So, uh, sounds good. It's just, it's just a pool, though. You just go, like, up and down. You don't go, like, <laughs> you're not traveling the world far away or that. It's like I've swam to Glasgow and back or that. <laughs> just up and in the Clyde. Oh my god, it's the furthest that I've been in a while, so yeah. Also joining us is a man who doesn't clearly understand the rules of waiting his turn until he's introduced to speak, Mr Taylor Murray, how are you? I'm sorry, I've just had to just, you know, commend Jamie about his, you know, spring a step and how excited he sounds, how up for it, and I am, I may be mistaken, but is this the first Friday in a while hearts aren't playing? Well, we weren't I... playing last Friday. That, well, that just... Shoots me down straight away. So um, yeah, we, we just had the podcast. A, we, we, we did play a few Friday night games. To be fair, I think we played like three and four or three and four weeks or something. So you you are right, and uh, oh, thanks yeah, for actually, congratulating me on my swim around the Great Barrier Reef this morning. <laughs> oh, no problem, man. No problem. Snorkeling with Nemo. That that's the title of the podcast. There we go. That's fine. Uh, boys, it's actually a normal weekend in the Premier League. There are ten fixtures and only ten fixtures to be played this weekend but obviously I mentioned it last week it's all building up to a blank game week next weekend with only uh, four no it's I four fixtures and eight teams that, that's I would get my numbers mixed up four fixtures are being played so this is kind of the last chance to gear your team up for that to make sure you don't slip down the league in your own individual leagues so we're going to get a show on the road Jamie's clamouring for another 50 minute podcast whether that actually pans out it's hasten to be seen but we're going to get started right now with our first section premium picks and this is the premium pick segment of the show where we look at the three most interesting fixtures from the batch of 10 in this weekend's list of games we're going to start with Sunday's early evening kickoff in the North London Derby. Uh, Arsenal versus Spurs, of course, it's playing at the Emirates. Uh, it was a draw away at Turf Moor last weekend for Arsenal, a 1-1 draw against Burnley. But Spurs absolutely smashed Crystal Palace at home uh, 4-1 with Gareth Bale kind of almost replacing Hyung Min Son in his link-up with Harry Kane for the majority of the game. Uh, Kind of coming at this one, lads. Both teams are coming off the back of big wins in Europe. Of course, Arsenal could have put a few demons to bed away against Olympiacos, and Spurs kept a pretty important clean sheet at home to Dynamo Zagreb. But most crucially, they both played very, very strong teams. So, how how do we expect them kind of 
coming into this game? Do we think they're going to be at full, at full pace or are we expecting another cagey, boring, big six clash? Uh, to me, it's either or. Uh, I'm going to go with probably a cagey, big six clash. But I'm saying that Tottenham, for some reason, started scoring barrel loads for somewhere. I don't understand where this is because... Mourinho's always known as being a guy with negative football, but yet being able to win trophies, playing like that. But yeah, I think they've now scored over 100 goals this season, which kind of... Uh, I, I think I read somewhere it was like Isaiah scored 100 goals since, he, Isaiah since he's joined, or it's like, it was this season, or some, something like that, seemingly like all competitions. But uh, if it is since he's joined, it kind of puts that narrative of him parking the bus like slightly... Like to bed a wee bit. The fact is, because you don't score like that many goals if you're just constantly just trying to like park the bus, you know, just play for that one, one nil win and all that. But saying that, I have to say, watching the highlights of some of the Mourinho's games, he's really starting to get the best of Bale of late. Like Bale's looking back to the version of himself that we've came, we came to knew since he'd left. Like. Uh, Spurs and went to Real Madrid, you know, that guy was making that run against Barcelona where he was running off the pitch and winning the Copa, was it the Copa del Rey? Uh, it I was, aye. Uh-huh. Yeah, where he was making the runs, you know, he was looking lively and now he's just getting that confidence back and that's going to pose a problem for Arsenal, especially considering how fragile they look this season and uh, just how fragile at the back they generally are. So I say that this... I'm going to say it's KJ because it's Premier League, it's a big six clash, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was somewhat an exciting game to this. I say somewhat because it could be like a lively 15 minutes and that's it, but you know. <laughs> not, not a lively nil nil like you went and took in at Starts Park in midweek. Mate, I, I have to say, very rarely the games come across, but I really enjoyed that. Fair. I really did enjoy that. Wasn't it the fact is it was my first game in a while that I was at the picture. It was just the fact is it was end to end. Like your your team and air was just tremendous, and you know both defenses played solid and both attacks were poor. But it was entertaining, just like what this big six clash is going to be entertaining. That is a big call because I mean, Struan, we kind of keep nattering on that big six clashes are not anywhere near the level that they should be uh, this season anyway. So. I, I'm just I'm just not convinced by this game being entertaining at all. Like I mean, North London derbies are obviously massive. Like they're one of the biggest derbies in English football. But I mean, have you got any reason to believe that this could be a good game to watch? Well, I'll I'll throw a different question here, and perhaps we should consider that Arsenal and Tottenham are not exactly big six at the moment. You know, Arsenal not are currently sitting in tenth. They've not been. In the top six for months this season, they finished eighth last season. Tottenham currently in seventh, probably will. I'd fancy Tottenham to get, have more of a push to get to the top four, but perhaps for that reason, it could be very interesting. I think both of these teams, their main focus will now be on the Europa League. I think looking at the competition, both of them have a massive chance to win it, and I think certainly for Arsenal, it's going to be the best chance of getting Champions League football. Tottenham still sort of got that avenue through the league. But I, th- I think they'll definitely go for it as well. You know, Mourinho's the type of manager to, to go for every sort of derby. Gareth Bale, Youngman Son, Harry Kane look great up front at the moment. And uh, Arsenal also look quite good as well. So I hope it's going to be a better clash than the one we saw previously to the start of the season where Thomas Partey was shoved back onto the pitch through his injury. And uh, hopefully Granite Xhaka is not playing because he I, I, he cost Arsenal the last game. And me, me a little bit of money in the process. Ah <laughs> oh, well, that, that I'm, at least I'm still involved in that. That's that's something we can take away from that that last weekend. Uh, Jamie Strune touched on it there. The kind of front line at Spurs of Kane, Son, and Bale. Obviously, at least the first two have been mainstays in fantasy teams. Kind of throughout the entire season, Kane and Son have kind of had excellent points returns. I think they've set a record actually for the most goal combinations in a Premier League season. So I think they've combined 14 times for a goal in the league this season. But do we start considering Bale in the same bracket? Would we suggest to people to potentially start looking at Gareth Bale as an alternative to Hume and Son? 
I'm going to say yes. Um, I think that Son is obviously somebody that a lot of people have got in their team. The fact that Bale was rested last night would suggest that they're wanting him to... He's, he's going to be playing a lot in the league now, whereas before, you know, Bale was starting the Europa League games. Last night he was rested for the, for the Arsenal game. So I think that kind of shows that Bale has managed to work his way into that team. And we always thought Bale was good enough to get into that team. We sort of said that, like, if he could get fit when he first signed, you've got the front three of Kane, Son and Bale. But Bale just didn't quite hit the ground running. He took a while to to get going for, for whatever reason. Sometimes it's difficult, obviously. He's not played an awful lot of football in Madrid. Wasn't a particularly good relationship that he had over there with the club, the fans, just about everybody, really. Um, so sometimes that takes a bit of a bit of time to adjust to, but certainly now he's, uh, he's hitting form. And if you're maybe sitting just off the pace in your league, then I would uh, I would recommend Gareth Bale over Hugh Manson just because he's a well he was anyway a little more of an out there pick, but I imagine that a lot of people are probably starting to look to bring in Gareth Bale now. So I was kind of going to make the point that he might be a, a nice out there pick for you with kind of not that many people taking a risk on him, but I'm guessing that a lot of people will start taking a risk on Gareth Bale now, but. Yes, I that, wouldn't that's, anybody that's off That's because it. you're suggesting it, Jamie. So Definitely, yeah, absolutely, always. 100%. 100%. That's, that's funny, because I've just made a transfer and it was Bale. I just brought in, so thank you, Jamie. <laughs> just, uh, I just did there. 7.4% of people have Bale in their team. Compared to, um, I think it's still over 50 for Son. Uh, just wait a sec, actually. Uh, Around 55. 55.1% yeah. of people have human Son. So it is still an out-there pick. So, you know, Bale has got... 7% which is much more than he would have had a few weeks ago but he is still a, an out there pick so if you're just off the pace in your league looking for a different kind of player to maybe try and get you up the league Gareth Bale could very well be that player for you Wait, how many, how many uh, people have son? what percentage? 55.1 oh did you just do that on purpose? ah I like that <laughs> I like that <laughs> sorry I had to get in I'm sorry did you? Stop. I, I can't believe I fell for that <laughs> <laughs> that's usually you as well Jamie you're usually the one to Setting those up. Uh, Stuart, are you listening? Bill might get Bill might get you back up, up the league a little bit. Sitting sitting seventh. <laughs> Gentlemen, I am not the going up this league. I have come to that conclusion this season. Are I'm we, just here to help. Are we resigning to the fact that money's going to Cam? <laughs> yeah, I resign the fact my money's away at the start of the season. I'm just here for a good time. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I think Werner came into my squad, I think I was handing my money over. I, I still blame you for his in real life form, to be honest. It's because you yeah, put the bad bad omens. Bad omens have just surrounded that man in front of goal, and it's because you've refused to get rid of him in fantasy. I don't think Second it was the minute. Time. I was just going to say, I don't think it was the minute that you brought Werner into your team. I think it was the ninth week in a row where you captained him that was probably the problem. <laughs> Yes, that, that perhaps, in in hindsight, probably not the best move, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. It really is. It really, really is. Uh, should we have some score predictions? That, that, that's, that's probably a good idea. Struan, how do you think this one's finishing, mate? 3-1 to the Arsenal. Oh. That's some shout, that. That is <laughs> some shout. I fancy Arsenal. <laughs> so you fancied Werner? You've fancied Werner as a triple <laughs> captain? So... Uh, I've got Talk, why, why do you fancy fantasy. Arsenal over Spurs in this game? I think they're the ones out for revenge. Tottenham have won the last two um, derbies in the Premier League. As I said, I think Arsenal are now fully focused on the Europa League. They they basically won their tie last night against Olympiacos a three one three away goals. So I think they can just go full full on for this game, get something from Tottenham, and then they can play a bit of a weaker team in the Europa League. Tottenham as well have, I suppose, won their game. Well, I think a 2 0, two away goals for them. So it's no, they were the at same. home, I think. Yeah, were they at home? Yeah. Ah, so. It's home clean sheets. Yeah, that's a good there. So, yeah, I, I just fancy Arsenal. I've got I've got Bukayo Saka in my team. I think he's very good. I think I've also still got Tierney, perhaps, but I forget at this point. Um, And yeah, Bamiang's back in form. And I think it is just going to be them going up for revenge here. And it's maybe just another one of those where Mourinho's just going to sort of overthink his tactics. Jamie, what about yourself? I mean, you claimed that was a massive shout, so I'd, I'd imagine you are not agreeing with Mr. Garvey's prediction. It's not so much the result, it's just more the fact that, you know, score three goals. Um, oh, it's not such a frustrating team to watch sometimes. I've uh, I've gone 2-2. I've also gone with plenty of goals 
four goals, same as Struan, obviously. Um, I just fancy goals in this. And again, maybe it's more in hope than expectation. I just hope to see a decent game. I'm not sure. We'll find out. But for me, I do think that uh, all roads point to goals in this one. I do think that both teams will get chances. And I do think that both teams have the quality and attack to take them. So 2-2 uh, for me. And uh, I've got Mr. Abamyang and Son in my team. Not bad at all. Uh, Taylor, what about yourself? Yeah, I know I said it was going to be lively, which is going to be, but I'm going 2-1. But it's going to be interesting. And I think, yeah. <coughs> we never usually put this in, score predictions, but I am. There's going to be a red card in this game. Oh! And I like it. I'm feeling it. There's going to be a red card in this game. Mourinho's going to For get who? fired up. Arteta's going to get fired up. I couldn't tell you. I want to say... One of the managers? I... No, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're just going to get fired up, and I think this game could have that face edge to it. But... I'm going to say, it's going to be Xhaka. He's going to get sent off. It's a fairly safe pick for a red card, to be honest. Yeah, no, it's going to be, it's going to be an Arsenal player for definite. After that's a red card, it's going to be an Arsenal player who will lose their head. But Xhaka, I have to stay on the safe side of this bold claim. That, that's fair, yeah. If, you, if you're making a bold claim, you might as well stay on the safe side of it. Yeah, but it's going to be, I think this could be an entertaining... Like, I'm going to go 2-1-2... Tottenham. 2-1 yeah, to Tottenham, but it's going to be a red card and it's going to be interesting. Who's your, who's your key man in that then? Just going with form of late, I'm going to go Kane. He's yeah. the man with the goals, he's the man with assists, he's the man that can do everything right, right now. And he, you know, he loves London, uh, North London derbies. Uh, so it would not be a surprise you know, if he gets out and in the action with an assist or a goal. Aye, no, that's very fair. Uh, I don't think there's going to be goals in this game to be honest, I think I'm just almost expecting just it to follow the pattern I'm, I'm more expectful than hopeful if that turn in that phrase isn't said uh, 1-0 Spurs to me uh, not a lot of goals, not a lot of action Spurs will sneak it, Gareth Bale's going to score I think uh, that's my key fantasy man coming in I'm not bringing him in because I've already got Son so I think I'll just happily keep Son there but I think it's going to be Bale that's going to get the goal, or at least prove his worth again in one of these fixtures. Uh, I'm not really looking forward to it, to be honest. I mean, half one on a Sunday, so I'm not exactly going to be doing much else, so I'll watch it, but I'll probably get bored after after half an hour and then wish there was another game on. Wish there was a, a lower table game, because they tend to produce a bit more excitement these days. Uh, let's move on to the second of our premium picks for today. And we spoke about them last week. We're speaking about them again. It's the team that still can't seem to lose, Chelsea, because they are playing away to Leeds. And I'm going to be negative about the game again because I constantly am with Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, of course, they won their last game 2-0 at home to Everton. Leeds, the home team, they lost away at West Ham 2-0. So contrasting fortunes last time out. But, Jamie, I'm nervous that this could be the game that Thomas Tuchel loses. And I don't know why. There's just something about Leeds that just they're 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 almost due a result. They've had two kind of poor losses on the bounce, and they do tend to be a team that kind of come back in a big way. And I think a fairly big way to come back would be against the team that haven't lost under the new manager yet, especially considering they've got a number of key players back. They've got the likes of Robin Cock, uh, Calvin Phillips, and Rodrigo all coming back into it. So I don't know why, but I'm I'm not feeling too hopeful for this game. Um, I think we'll struggle. I don't think we'll lose, but uh, I think we'll struggle. I think it'll be a tough game. Tough place to go, kind of. I kind of hate saying that now, because you see without fans that the away wins are quite common now. So it's, I feel you can't really say a uh, tough place to go anymore. But it'll be a tough game for Chelsea. But I think they'll get chances. I'm not a fan of Lee's defence one bit. I think that I think it's pretty pathetic, to be honest, at times, the Leeds defending. Um. I'll, yeah, I'll just chuck a score prediction straight at you. I'll say 2-1 Chelsea. Um, again, I think there could be goals in that. And I think Werner could get joy, much like Liverpool. I think he could get in behind that defence. I hope they try and play a, a similar kind of style, get that early ball in behind. Uh, but I think it should be a quite quite a tasty game, actually. I'm quite looking forward to that one. I think it should be a good game. I think, I think Werner did have 
he got an assist in the in the reverse fixture back in December. This, of course, this was a game in December that put Chelsea top of the league for for a, for a moment of time, and then Lampard just completely capitulated. <laughs> uh, but again, I think Werner's finishing was just questionable to say the very least in the reverse fixture. I think there were a few. I think this might have been the game that it came off the bar solely to him two yards out, and he put it wide. Was that another Burnley one? Was that another one? I can't remember. Unfortunately, there have been too many, Stuart. I've been keeping track of them this season, if anybody hadn't noticed. Yeah, you have, to be honest. Uh, Stuart, one one thing that we can definitely confirm for this game, uh, Thiago Silva is still not going to be available. He's still uh, nursing back an ankle injury. Or is it an ankle injury? I can't remember what type of injury it was. But, I, obviously he gets back into this defence like he's the best centre back that Chelsea have as a club who do you come in for? because <laughs> as far as I can see the back line that Thomas Tuchel has kind of deployed for most fixtures have been very very effective even players like Christensen and Rudiger who weren't really getting a look in otherwise I think I'd probably take out Rudiger if it was me and put Christensen over to the side I'm still not fully convinced by Rudiger I think Azpilicueta is probably has to stay on that right-hand side. I think Christensen's been really good as well, especially the amount of questions that have been asked of him recently. I think he's really answered those. And it's maybe just one of them where Silva has to, even though he is individually the best one there, he maybe does have to sort of wait his turn almost to get back into that team because of how strong it is. Like at the back, the, the centre-back options, we saw as well, you know, for Kyle Tomori, never got a look in under Lampard. He's doing quite well at Milan now. So it's, it's going to be... Can be some tough decisions, and as well as you know, Kurt Zuma, who made a really good start to the season, scoring on just about every single corner that was taken, and now he's also fighting for his way back into the team there. So it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting at the moment. This also especially against a Leeds team who are going to run them ragged, you'd think. This also coming from the fact that Chelsea are looking to get a new centre back in the summer. So yeah, it's that's interesting. That's a weird that, one, to be honest. I think I was listening to the Athletics uh, Chelsea podcast straight out of Cobham. Uh, the other night and I think it was Simon Johnson that identified about nine different centre-backs that Chelsea could potentially have on their books that could pot- all really have like a shout for first-team football next summer and they're wanting to bring in one more so the, the, there's a, I think there's going to be a big summer ahead at Stamford Bridge to be honest in terms of having to clear people out and potentially just reshape this team even more for Tuchel I think that's normal though when a new manager comes in. You know, this will be his first summer window, and I think that's kind of, kind of happens more often than not. But um, I don't think the squad's bad. No, no, no. I'm not. Tuchel's no, showing that. I know you. I know you're not saying that, but you know, we're talking about kind of maybe a, a big summer window at Chelsea. I think Tuchel's come in and showed that there is a squad in there, and I think he's installed a bit of belief in the players that was maybe lacking under Frank Lampard. But I think that's uh, that's the main thing. He's maybe showing to the players themselves that there is a squad in there, there is quality in this squad and this squad can get results both domestically and and in the European stage in the, the one game that he's had. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I'm not sure we need too much in the summer, we maybe just need to keep keep developing because Tuchel Ball is still in its early stages. It definitely is. Uh, Taylor, let, let's have a look at Leeds because... They've not really got... It maybe a fairly difficult game for them uh, this weekend, considering their obvious defensive frailties. But looking ahead to next weekend, they are one of the eight teams involved in the blank game week, and they play away to Fulham. Which, on paper, seems a very seems a winnable game, but based on current form, will be quite difficult. So, would you, would you advise people to bring Leeds players in? A Patrick Bamford, a Jack Harrison, a Rafinha, someone like that? even though they might not have returns, they will be playing in the, in the next week regardless. It's one of the ones where <clears throat> you probably keep the wrong person, by the way, uh, for this because I've got two Leeds players in, mostly because I've had them in for, I think, three, four weeks now. Um, I've got Rafinha in and the man who shall not be named. Uh, so I've got them in because I feel like they were <laughs> vital players. <laughs> yeah, good, good guy. Okay, player, <laughs> terrible, terrible striker. Like, we're not. Uh, we, are we I'm not doing right. Okay, we're not doing this again. We're not doing this right anyway. But 
uh, basically, I've got them in because Bamford, let's be honest, Leeds rely on him and he has been doing the business this season. Right? Prove me wrong. Made me look like an absolute, best way to put it, absolute twat. So, um, Jesus. Yeah, he has. And fair play to him. Because it's not very often I am made out to be that. <laughs> anyway, I feel like bringing in. surprise you. <laughs> very much so. <laughs> <laughs> but. Rafinha and Bamford, they are two of the liveliest players probably in that Leeds team and Leeds are that unpredictable. It does not surprise me that if there was ever a result to come, it could be against Chelsea Chelsea, and these two players could be uh, on the score sheet. It's, I don't see it happening personally. I see you know, Tuchel maintaining you know, his 100% win record and uh, keeping clean sheets. Uh, it's not 100% against... win record. It... No, no. Southampton and... Aye, sorry. Aye, I completely forget about that job. I mean, undefeated, sorry. That's probably a better way to put it. He's undefeated start at Chelsea. Um, also, um, his clean sheet record since, you know, he's probably came in. I think he's got, is it three the games he's managed to keep a clean sheet? Three or four where he's managed to keep a clean sheet, which he's showed up that defence. Or, if not, they've managed to, you know, hone that in anyway, but considering all the goals for under Lampard, left, right and centre. Hold on, wait, so, wait. Three or four clean sheets, did you say? Yeah. Clean sheet wrong. against Wolves, Burnley, Spurs, Barnsley, Newcastle, Atletico, it's United, eight, eight, Liverpool, is it not? Eight or nine. I'm probably... I was, okay, 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 okay. I was completely well off. Uh, anyway. Two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine. See, nine I went... Out of 11 games. <laughs> See, I said three or four. Okay. He like, shored up that defence, though. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You made yeah, a good you're, point. Your point is, is there, Statistically yeah. awful. <laughs> See, I don't have stats in front of me, so I've tried to go three or four. Hope I'd be in that middle range ballpark where I wasn't too far off, but <laughs> I have fuck, I have missed the ball with that. But anyway, the point still stands: is he showed up that defence. Yeah, yeah. um, he's made Chelsea look an absolute rock solid team now. Who has an? Uh, I'm not gonna say identity because I don't know that yet. But he has. He's got a team that knows how to defend first before anything else. So that could probably be a problem for Leeds considering. As you said, they've got eight out of 11, 11 games they've got clean sheets, so if Leeds can't... Nine. Nine, sorry. Now you're just if, not listening to me, like. <laughs> <laughs> Leeds need to get that first goal if they want to get absolutely anything from this game, and that, is, as proven, has been very hard. So um, I'm definitely going to say a Chelsea win. That's 100% in my mind. I'm going to say 2-0, but I wouldn't be surprised if Leeds... This could be a, I could say 2-0 by the way, Leeds will be poor, Chelsea will be dominant, but then it's Leeds. So this could end up being flipped or completely on its head and Leeds, you know, win 6-2. <laughs> I really don't know where Leeds. If that happens, but goodness me. All I know is... Leeds scoring 6. <laughs> oh my God. Here, I don't think that's actually too impossible. Someone, someone check the odds. Someone check the odds on that, see if it's worth chucking a couple of quid and see what happens. On what? Leeds, Leeds winning 6-0 or Leeds scoring six goals or... I'd imagine. Go with Leeds scoring six. Because give it just one of the games. I'm not even like... sure they'll offer odds on it. <laughs> I don't think they will, to be honest. <laughs> well, all I know is the fact that Mount... Oh, no. Over five big... goals in the match for Leeds is 80-1. to one. Yeah, that's, that's, so, that's a good... I mean, if you think Leeds are going to win long six odds. Now, you could put a pound on it. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, are you going to make that at bet? at the same time, probably better throwing a pound down the drain. Yeah, realistic. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do that. But all I know is for definite, the key men you want in this is probably your Dave's, aka Asa Paqueta, you know, his, his real name. I, but, I, I, you know, yeah, but Dave, like, big Dave, big sturdy Dave. And that How defense. are you still talking? I mean, <laughs> this is unbelievable rambling here. I mean, he's, uh, I'm just doing what the show's about. Show's name to heart, I suppose, but good God. But so, uh, key men, uh, Aspaquel or Mount. You know, I know Jamie wants a 50 minute podcast, but I'm trying my hardest to make sure that doesn't happen. I, I, I think you are working against Jamie at this point, to be honest. But yeah, that's all I've got to say on that matter. Are you sure? I'm sure it's about a 6 2 win for Leeds is probably. Okay, right, we'll move on just so you don't have a chance to come back. Struan, give us a score prediction as you're the only one uh, not to have done so far. Jamie's gone a 2 1 to Chelsea. Taylor's gone a 2 0 to Chelsea. What about yourself? Yeah, I've gone a 3 0 to Chelsea. I think Leeds haven't scored in the last two games in the league so far. 
they've looked really poor. That they, their defence is absolutely terrible if they concede one. They're a bit like Southampton in that case. That it's good stacking them up at that point. Uh, in my fantasy team, I've got Mount James and, of course, Timo Werner, who I am going to captain this week. And not for the joke of it, I genuinely do think he'll have a lot of space in behind that Leeds, that Leeds line, and I think he'll be quite key in Chelsea's decision. If I had to pick a random player, though, there's been a lot of talk about Christian Pulisic in Chelsea this past week about not getting much game time under Tuchel, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes and starts this weekend just to just to throw a real curveball in the mix there. So if I had to pick a, a unique Chelsea player, I'd possibly look into Christian Pulisic. Despite the fact I think he only has one goal and assist in the league this season, this could be the the turn of his form. I'd be interested if he was if he was to play because you would imagine he would start on the left, which is where Werner would normally start. But would then would you then start him through the middle? Because uh, Tuchel's already said that Tam Abraham won't play because he's still coming back from that injury sustained against Newcastle. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps Juru for the uh, Atletico Madrid game, given the impact they had. In the last one, and I think uh, against Leeds, you know, you want pace to get in behind. It's how quite a few teams have counted them this season. I think with Werner Pulisic maybe Mount up there as well, it'd be a very mm. effective front three. But but then again, he might look to try and integrate Havertz a bit more after a very positive game from him against Everton in the two 0 win. Yeah, there's potential. There's there's potential for a few different things that we could see from Chelsea this weekend. I am going to go for a two 0 but that's like a touch and go two 0 because I could still see a. A, a bit of an upset and I don't know why I've just not really got mu- a lot of confidence coming into it I think if it is going to be a win it's going to be heavily reliant on Aspilicueta and Rudiger as the left and right centre-backs to be able to limit Harrison and Rafinha coming in off the wings because they would kind of be targeting them and then Christensen would have Bamford to deal with uh, but I, I do agree I think if Werner does play he will probably profit off of a leaky lead back line so Here's hoping. Uh, we're going to move on to the last of our premium picks, which is the David Moyes derby. Uh, West Ham taking on Manchester United at the London Stadium. Uh, it was a 2-0 win against Leeds, we just said, for West Ham in their last game. Well, United won their actual derby against Manchester City 2-0 away at the Etihad. Struan, how are you feeling coming into this game? Because on paper, you would see Man United playing West Ham and think, oh, it's Man United's game no problem but West Ham have been really good this season I am very worried about this game I think West Ham are in incredible form right now they've now sort of got that arrogance that they can go to anyone and take them on the team just looks so strong all over the pitch I don't think they have many injuries to key players at the moment as well they're looking it's a perfect opportunity as well now and as for United I just it's at the point now where it's, it's a who's left question it seems United's injury record this season has been has been okay, you know, one or two here or there. And then since since February began, it's just been every player is going out and nobody's coming back in. And I think United's third three for this game is going to be Daniel James, Ahmed and Mason Greenwood. And out of that three, <laughs> Ahmed has never actually started a, a game despite scoring against um, Milan last night in the Europa League. So I, I'm very worried for Man United in this game coming up. Well, I mean, do do you think the Europa League like could play a play a factor in a bit of fatigue because it was a pretty strong lineup that you put against AC Milan? Yeah, I, th- I think definitely. I think United have looked knackered since about as actually about February. I think every game it's just sort of they're just, they're just so tired, just so tired as Winston would say. But they have just really been just knackered. Injuries keep picking up. Nobody seems to be returning. You know, even the midfield now is. Is going down to the bare bones, and I, I generally think I think Man United have played two games a week since about the start of the season, and it's just really catching up to them now at this point. And West Ham obviously are going to be fresh for this one, so I, I could see I would definitely. I don't even know if it would be an upset for West Ham given how good they are. I don't. I think maybe Man City are the only team who they could cause an upset against because I think they're they've been as good as just about anyone else in the league up to this point. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the West Ham win at all. Jamie, what do you think of that? Because Strunes made the point that United have looked tired for weeks, but then they can still go away and get a really decent result away at the Etihad and really just kind of walk over Man City with a pretty poor City performance and United looked great. And then obviously losing the goal late on last night wasn't great, but they still, they still got a draw against AC Milan where I think Struan, I know for a fact, was expecting a loss. So do you think Struan has that, that kind of sense to be worried or do you think he should just kind of have a bit more optimism just and United fans in general should have a bit more optimism considering 
some decent results that our team have turned around in recent weeks. I think it's been a decent season for United so far. I think they are very inconsistent and you know they've kind of had been prone to a bit of a sluggish start um, on on more than one occasion conceded first gone behind and then obviously it's made it made it difficult for themselves. I think for this game I've I've got it down as a nil nil. Um I just think United might have a bit of a hangover from from the European game and uh it's at Old Trafford. Um so I Is think it? West Ham yeah, I've got it down as being at Old Trafford anyway. Struan might be able to confirm. Uh, yes, it is at Old Trafford. And <laughs> United's uh, last three yeah. league games all away. I don't know why I had it down as a London Stadium. So yeah, I think West Ham might be quite happy to take a point from this one. Um so I think uh, I could see nil nil and uh, a pretty, pretty push game to be honest. Taylor, one key aspect for West Ham coming into this one is that they're going to be without one of their kind of most effective creators in Jesse Lingard, which is a sentence you never thought you'd say at the start of this season. But he's been fantastic since coming in on loan from Man United, but obviously he's not going to be able to play against his parent club. So does that kind of limit West Ham's chances even more? Uh, it hampers them, yes, but uh, West Ham has been sensational this season. You've got your Suchek's been unreal. The man is uh, he's a guy possessed, by the way, and he's just such a lovable guy. And he's one of the ones where it's like he could be just a difference to any set piece, and he will probably, as a danger man, it'll mark. Uh, Antonio, you know, when he's fit, he's great. And it's just whether, you know, will he be able to play this game, will he, be, will he not? It's, I'm pretty sure he is fit for this, by the way, but it's just whether can he, you know, put in his performance for a good 60, 70 minutes before, you know, inevitably comes off and then it's for there on, then that's where I think West Ham are going to struggle. But a player that's been very underrated in this and very under, probably not getting the limelight, is Bowen. I think Jared Bowen has been sensational and... Him and Cresswell have been just sensational on both sides and it's one of the ones where if there's going to be a goal in this game for West Ham, if there's anything going to happen, I think it's going to become from one of the two and it's going to, they're, going to be, they're going to probably be the one that drops his ball into the box and uh, essentially Suchek, Antonio, um, I would say one, uh, Lingard but he's not going to be able to play so he's like, your four nows. West Ham have a very good chance of getting a win here, not a draw, a win. So are you predicting a win? In, in terms yes. of a score prediction, what, what give it? Give us your score prediction then. Well, see, Man United. I, I hate Man United fans say that oh we're poor, oh my god we're terrible. You know which has been sensational Fernandez, but I can't say. This. I'm gonna go away a two one, like just two one at West Ham. Yeah, two one at West Ham, and they've just got. I'm pretty sure if they get any success, it's got it's got to be through like Harry Maguire. Not Bruno Fernandes, not Marcus Rashford, or Anthony Martial, none, none of them, no. Oh, no, no, So I mean, if uh, West Ham want any success at like, getting in this oh, game, they've right, got to okay, target like Maguire. If they were smart, they would avoid Luke Shaw, because that guy, Talbot Kessel being sensational, Luke Shaw has probably been, I'm going to say, one of the best full-backs in the league this season. Yeah, that's fair. So, I, I would actually <laughs> avoid him. <laughs> Uh, no, not Europe soon. You know, there's another left back for Croatia that's up there. But uh, stop that immediately. <laughs> but West, you know, you never know. VAR decisions could help Man United, but I'm gonna go with West Ham one. Fair enough. Jamie's gone for a nil nil. Struan, how are you feeling? Are you are you gonna give a positive score prediction based on the conversation we've just had? I'm assuming no. Indeed, I am not. No, I'm going for <laughs> West Ham. Yeah, them. as as I said earlier, that that United front three, they're all they've all really really good pro, uh, prospects, and I and I really like each and every one of them. But at the same time, they're coming up against one of the most solid defenses in the league this season with two really good holding midfielders in front of them. Bruno Fernandez is basically the only creative midfielder Man United have got, great player probably Man United have got in the disposal right now. Shaw Shaw is also a doubt. You know, he apparently he only passed the fitness test just before the Man City game. Came off the bench for the last 15-20 minutes against Milan as well, so I'm not 100% sure what his condition at the moment is as well. So it's um it's gonna be a stressful game. I honestly think United would take a nil nil if if it was offered to them at this point. Well, 
I'm predicting so for fantasy my, players, I'm, go I'm for Harry Maguire. I'm predicting my 2-1 to Man United, so I mean, I'll give you a bit of optimism. Thanks. I think, I think just overall, like, West Ham have been great, absolutely, and I think they will be in this game, but I think United do just have enough to sneak it. And I think someone like, like, maybe Diallo coming off, is Diallo like to start this game soon, or, is, or do you think he'll come off the bench more likely? I think if we continue with the 4 2 one he has to start, purely because there's, there's no one else left. Uh, Marshall Cavani, Rashford, Juan Mata, and obviously Lingard's on. They're all all out of this game. Well, I th- I think Diallo definitely has the. He's kind of got his goal now against AC Milan, so I think he'll want to kick on. Kind of seems like the player that will properly be keen to kick on. I mean, we'll we'll not have any more graphics saying that he completed all his passes when he completed one, and he only attempted one. We're not going to have any more tweets like that it's because I'd imagine he'd probably well be a more consistent fixture in this United team now. There's, yeah, this could be the chance to sort of claim that right wing position, given that I don't actually have a natural right winger still, which is mm-hmm. a bit crazy. Maybe Shoulder Storrity really might come in at some point for this game. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Joe Hugo makes the bench as well from the academy. It's, it's going to be a very interesting lineup coming up because, of course, Man United then have the next game against AC Milan next week, and then I've yeah. got Brighton the weekend after. So I think it sort of comes down to you know, can they afford to rest players or do they do they risk somebody here? It's uh, it'll be interesting certainly. And so, well, that's what we want. We want interesting things to happen in the Premier League because it's not been for a long time. It's not really had the most de- the deepest of intrigue for a lot of weeks now. So we want interesting to keep us to keep us entertained. That that's what we want from this game. And with that, that is going to draw uh, this week's premium pick segment to a close. Uh, we are going to talk about a few more games now uh, in our second segment of the podcast: wildcard options. <laughs> And this brings us to wildcard options, which, for lack of a better term, is the Diddy teams and the Diddy games that we cover, the three lesser games in the Premier League this weekend. Firstly, before we get going, uh, we want to address something. We, we've lost a good manager in the Premier League. He has left his club after after five years. Chris Wilder, you will be sorely missed. That is all we have to say, because we, we want Chris Wilder to succeed wherever he goes. And... Yeah, we're we're gonna miss him. He, he was a great addition to the Premier League, and and I'm sad. I'm generally sad he's gone. Uh, Struan, you're the same as me, aren't you? Yeah, I like Wilder. I'm a big fan of him. I think everybody sort of got on the Sheffield United train last season. It was very enjoyable to see them doing well, and he was just he was just quite a humble, humble manager. I thought as well. He did a lot with not very much. It was his boyhood club. Got them all the way up from League One to the Premier League. Really got them in Europe last season. Had uh, the Hawkeye goal system perhaps been working, they might be there. So um yeah, I'm rather gutted he's been sacked, but um you never is know. It, I think is it sacked or has he left? Nah, different places are reporting different things. Interestingly enough, Sheffield United are the, like the only place to have not said anything about it so far. I don't know if they're maybe waiting until a, a one o'clock or something like that to get a tweet out mm. or information. But you know, I I, I think and you know almost in a way, I think shit, Chris Wilder will benefit more from this. You know, I th- I think he's proved that he's a top manager. He can definitely do it in the Premier League. Possibly an international job, like the England job, possibly maybe after the Euros is there for him, you know, jobs that abroad. Job. People are Yeah, if team... have a poor Euros, I wouldn't be surprised if Southgate goes. And in terms of a manager's available, I mean it's it's quite a shift because he does play very, very different football, but you know, England play with a back three quite a lot. I'm sure John Stones and Harry Maguire would be very good overlapping centre half. So um, just Harry Maguire. Yeah, and uh, and I guess we now have to wish good luck to uh, Paul Heckenbottom, who will now take temporary <laughs> charge of Sheffield United <laughs> after coaching the under 23s. I myself, I have seen his football many times. Uh, me and Jamie actually both attended a, a game in which he was manager of Hibs. But uh, let's move on quickly. <laughs> yeah, right. We've actually got games to talk about. Uh, Jamie, I want to talk to you about Southampton versus Brighton. Why is that, Jack? Well, you've alluded to the fact that you've made some interesting transfer dealings ahead of this game. Well, that's the game of the week section. We'll get on to that. You can ask me about this game, and I will give you my prediction. I've put it down for a nil-nil. Southampton scored two goals at the Etihads. Apparently that makes them world beaters, so uh, we'll see how the how that goes at the weekend. I think it's the, the early game on Sunday, so I look forward to watching that. Uh, got it down for a nil-nil personally. And uh, I think some Brighton defenders might be uh, a good pick. They are playing in game week, whatever it is, 29 or something, the next one, where there's uh, no no teams playing. 
So I've gone out and got myself a couple of Brighton players before the, the prices rise through uh, high demand for those players and uh, got my team sorted for the next couple of weeks. <gasps> you brought in Brighton defenders? That's a shock. I say defenders. Uh, it's actually... It's defenders. It shouldn't be plural, yeah. should it? Yes, it's one. So yeah, defender. Well, I suppose... I, 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 I actually teasing the listeners because the three of us know and you just want them to listen on to fan, the Locked in 11. Is that is that the game? Well, the Locked in 11 is where we go through our teams. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you my team just now because that yeah. wouldn't be Locked in 11. I've given you my score prediction and how I think the game will go, which is what this uh, Diddy Picks section is all about. <laughs> You're very right. No, I'll, get, I'll give it to you. You're very right. <gasps> I've just spilled my tea. <laughs> no, I'll move on. You finished it off. Right. Uh, Stuart and Wolves are playing this weekend, obviously. Uh, they're playing Liverpool. Well, you say playing. Liverpool are better, get... better away from home than, home, uh, than at home recently, but Wolves have actually been playing all right. So, do, do we see a Liverpool win, or is it not going to be as easy as that? Yeah, I'd fancy Liverpool to win this one. It's it's one of those weird ones, because Wolves do cause teams, as much as I joke about Wolves, Wolves do cause teams a lot of issues, because they are very stubborn defensively, and they tend to shut out most of the big six teams and anyone at the top of the table. But Liverpool are one of these teams who just sort of seem to have their number. You know, I think they've, they've beaten them 4-0 quite a few times, and the whole... Or Agent Connor Cody joke sort of comes into it. I think I gave away a penalty earlier on in this season, but I do fancy Liverpool for this one. Obviously, a, a good result in the Champions League. They need to get points back in the league desperately. I believe if Arsenal uh, beat Tottenham, that they move two points to within Liverpool with um, with the same amount of games played, which I think, given Liverpool should should really be going for the title and how poor Arsenal have been this season, that's just not good enough. You know, they've, they've had nine defeats as well this season, so I think Liverpool really do need to change things around. You could see with the lineup against Fulham, Klopp had one eye on the Champions League. I, you, you saw that lineup and you almost expected Fulham to get a result, which they went and did. But without Champions League now for, I think, two weeks before they, they find out who they draw against, I think they'll definitely go a bit stronger in the league. And obviously players like Jota have come back. Fabinho in the midfield made Thiago look look like the player who they'd purchased. And Fabinho in midfield in the number six was just so effective. So, yeah, I'd, I'd fancy Liverpool to, to have quite a good result here. I'd maybe go for a 3-0 this time. Big call, big call. I mean, are you bringing any Liverpool players back in? Because that's going to be a lot of money if you are. I've I've still got Salah, but other than that, I think maybe Robertson. Oh, I have actually still got Robertson as well. Yeah, I think they're maybe two solid shouts to go for. I think I think Jota, Jota was so good for fantasy earlier on this season. He was mm-hmm. cheap and he was effective. And if he does start get back into form, I would definitely bring him back into your team. Don't mind that at all. Uh, Taylor, have you have you recovered from having launched your tea all over your room? Yeah, no, all good. It just it, it caught me off guard with that. I, I, I knew I knew his feelings on that, but just the way he said it caught me off guard. What did he pick? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm getting it. I'm good. <clears throat> do you want do you want a daddy pick if you don't want to talk about? Because that's kind of the way we run it. Right, give me like Gandhi. I can get down in thirty seconds. Go. All right, Newcastle versus Aston Villa. Talk me through that in less than thirty seconds. So Newcastle versus Aston Villa, it's going to be a game where Matt Cash is back in, you know, it's going to be very, very boring football, it, Friday night game, there's going to be very many goals, there's not going to be much action, probably going to be one goal in it, and um, if you're going to bring in any player for this, it'll probably be Watkins, and that's all I've got to say on that. That was 15, you ha- you've got another 10 seconds if you want it. Oh, um Look at uh, Steve Bruce is probably going to get sacked if you know it in the season, <laughs> and... Um, Big up, Aston Villa. <laughs> That's all I've got to say. There you go. Th- this is a, this is a type of top tier analysis and conversation that you tune in this podcast for. See, I, to God. I get I get tell it's too long. I get tell it's too short. It's not that analytical enough. I just need hey, some look, engaged and filtered analytical. Like, <laughs> there needs to be a middle ground. <laughs> No, I'm going to actually end up just time myself five minutes and that's my t- speaking time. If I get all my points in, that's it. If I don't... What, you're, you're going to time yourself for five minutes speaking time in an hour-long podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no. Or oh, five yes. minutes at a time? At a time, at a time. If I do that, that means I can't run over. You know, I can keep Jamie happy with his 50-minute podcast. I can keep you happy with my analytical insight. And I can keep Shun happy by telling him that his managers are guff. There we go. 
Woo! Struan happy with that at least. There we go. I don't, I don't know. I still think I still think Villa will have like a fairly decent go at this. To be honest, even without Grealish, I mean, Newcastle don't have any of their key attackers back for another another few weeks. So I mean, goals are not going to be easy to come by. And oh, Newcastle are just here to make up the numbers. Like it's literally form. like it's like Sunday league man when you your game got cancelled, so you're just trying to find a team. You know, any eleven folk just to fill in for this fixture. And those eleven folk <laughs> happen to be Joel Linton, Jamal Lascelles, and Fabian Shea. Joel Linton, forty million, really. Uh, he he's probably as good at striking as what I'm at being a striker, and I'm piss poor. I thought I, th- I thought you'd, you'd have a d- decent wee foot on you to be fair. Decent wee, decent uh, set pieces, by the way. I'm probably you know James Ward process. Well, free kick merchant, you. <laughs> oh, I love a good free kick. Oh, fair enough, mate. Right, that's going to wrap up uh, Diddy picks, or as they're actually called, <laughs> wild card options. So we're going to wrap that segment up there and come back for. A much anticipated, but by all involved, uh, locked in eleven. So we're going to wrap up our show with the locked in eleven. This is where we look at games we've discussed, games we've not, all with the aim of putting together the best set of players for you to succeed in your mini leagues this weekend. Uh, we start with goalkeepers and defenders at the same time because they both benefit the most from clean sheet points. So, Jamie McIntosh, reveal yourself. Reveal your Bold picks for your clean sheets this weekend. Uh, well, in goals, I have Robert Sanchez. I think he will keep a clean sheet against Southampton. Bold. Uh, as a, as, well, it is bold, yeah. But, you know, I, I explained my reasoning. I've put it down as a nil-nil. And, uh, you know, I, I need to do something, you know, to, to try and get myself back in the league. There's no point coming ninth. You know, I want to catch Raf. I want to get second. You know, if Jack comes above me, then fair enough. That's fine. I'm trying different stuff. I've you know I've got rid of my Manchester City defender and replaced him with Joel Veltman. So, um, <laughs> there you go. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that that might be the most that might be the most out there shout of. There you of go. That's a that's a great title for you. I got rid of my Manchester City defender and replaced him with Joel Veltman. People are going to listen to that. I tell you. People probably won't read that title because it's about eighteen pages long. But or, the point I stands. replaced. I replaced my city defender with Joel Veltman. There you go. There you go. That yeah. There we go. <laughs> you were right. You were writing it as if you were doing like a match report there. <laughs> was, <laughs> Need to get the work count up. for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy finishing off that business report, trying to get the word count up. <laughs> like, I replaced. <laughs> you start putting in the. If you're listening, Alan, points sorry. <laughs> <laughs> start putting in the price points and the and the nationalities and everything. I replaced Jao Cancelo, a fullback at Manchester City from Portugal, who cost however many million. Up in the word count in any way possible. Who else have you got in your defence then, alongside Joel Veltman? Uh, Matt Target. Uh, I yeah, said that I that would that be a, a low-scoring game. The Villa might sneak it, but I've, did I put it down? Yeah, I think I put it down as a one-nil Villa actually. Um, but a, a nil-nil wouldn't really surprise me. No. Uh, and the other two are uh, from a also from a nil-nil game that I predicted. Uh, Man United West Ham. So Cresswell and Maguire. Clean nice. sheets, hopefully. Not bad at all. Struan, how about you? I've kept Ederson in goal. Um, I think they'll probably keep a clean sheet against film this weekend, as I've also got Diaz in there. Um, Boring. Boring. <laughs> you know, I haven't made my transfer yet, and I don't know if I'm going to make one, so um, stay tuned. Um, yeah, Robertson is... I don't know why you stay tuned. This is the actual podcast. Uh, Robertson, because <laughs> Liverpool will do well against um, Wolves, I think. Uh, Rhys James... Against Leeds, I fancy Chelsea to win that one. And Luca Digne uh, coming against Burnley. He's very good as well for Everton. Not bad. Taylor. Right. <clears throat> Ederson and goals with Diaz, you know, because they're playing so many, they won't concede any goals. Uh, target in. <laughs> target in because Newcastle don't have any attackers. Robertson's in because I can't replace him with any other defenders. Uh, Big Dave Azpilicueta's in because they're playing Leeds and they'll keep a clean sheet. And Litshaw, if he plays, will you know, hopefully get an assist. That is me. Done. Is that five at the back? It's a bit negative. That was five at the back. Yeah. And you very, also predicted a 2 0 West Ham win. <laughs> yes, but I'm I'm going against I think I said two one. I think Struan said two 0 I said two one. I I can't remember that far back to be honest. Struan said two 0 I remember that. Yeah, yeah Struan did say two 0 But Taylor Taylor was going on, wasn't he? So I, t- I tuned him out. Wow. <laughs> Can sense the heart in the, in the Well, that was rude. 
joking. I'm joking, Taylor. Sorry. No, there's, there's, the reason I play five at the back is it's negative. It's exactly how my emotions feel. <laughs> yes, national five English coming there. My teacher will be proud of me. Yes! I would hope you're not five English is coming to play as a journalism student. Uh, you say journalism, I say... Yeah, okay, let's move on. <laughs> I tell you, that was a good one, to be fair. Uh, who's in my... I don't know who's in my defence this week. Uh, I've got Edison in goal at the moment. Uh, yeah, I think I think I, I think I stick with him, uh, to be honest. Uh, Robertson's still in my team. He's been on the bench for a few weeks, but he'll probably stay. Cancelo should stay. And then I've got Mings as well for Newcastle away. My other two defenders on the bench are Juan Bissaka and Ola Aina, but City will score against Fulham regardless. So you so you think, in your opinion. Maybe. <laughs> and I fancy West Ham to maybe get one. I might, I might chuck Juan Bissaka in, I don't know. I'm undecided yet. But... Yeah, I've got Mesley as my backup keeper on the bench, but he plays next week against Fulham, so he'll probably be my pick for then. But yeah, uh, that, that's our defences. So up in the midfield, Taylor. Taylor, you start us with midfield then. I'm now playing with three midfield. Bale, Mount, Fernandez. Fernandez, captain against West Ham. <laughs> I'm going against everything I've bloody said, but it's happening. <laughs> You're just completely <laughs> contradicting yourself. I don't, I don't well, Do you want to change your score prediction? No, no, I'm still sticking with that because I think that's what will happen. I'm just putting in my fantasy what I hope will happen. Right. Okay. <laughs> Surely if you hoped, if you think West Ham would win, you put West Ham players in. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I didn't have enough transfers for that. All right. I need, I, I, but I've changed my mind. Bailed my captain now. Gumballed. That, that's feelable. Don't mind that at all. Struan, what about you? Uh, I've got four across the midfield. I've got Mo Salah, Hyungman Son, Bukayo Saka and Mason Mount. What about you, Jamie? Three uh, in the middle for me. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang wears the armband. Hyungman Son and Ilkay Gundogan, who I am banking on getting an assist or a goal because he will not be getting a clean sheet. <laughs> I, like that, I like this kind of confidence you've got in Fulham being good. Uh, currently, I have I have I've still yet to make my transfer, so I've got Fernandez, Mount, Son, and Thomas Suchek, but and I've got Saka on the bench, but apprehensive to actually use him this weekend. Uh, strikers, where where do we go? Strain, who, who's leading your line? Uh, do you know what? I'll let, I'll let somebody guess at least one of them. One of Team them is Werner. Watkins. It is Timo Werner. How did you know? Uh, yeah, he's my captain this week against Leeds. As I said, I back him to do well. And my other one is Ollie Watkins because Newcastle are not very good. I've also got Patrick Bamford, but I've, no, I've resigned him to the bench this week because I don't fancy Leeds to even score against Chelsea. Not a score at all, huh? Fair enough. Uh, no, if they were, it would come from like a Harrison or somebody random, like a set piece or something <laughs> like that. Super duper Liam Cooper, perhaps. Oh, God. Uh, Jamie, what about yourself? Uh, up front for me, Timo Werner, Ollie Watkins, and Josh Madger. Boring! Is it? Is it? Yeah, that's pretty boring. Who's your striker then, Taylor? Watkins or Charleston. <laughs> I think, what you know, I've said, I said on last week's podcast, I think, to be fair, that I wanted to get rid of Watkins, but he was playing in game week 29. Um, so I don't really want to get rid of, of those sort of guys. Um so I think you'd be a bit silly to get rid of those sort of players because they are limited. I don't think Werner's particularly boring. I think that's extremely bold considering how pissy he is. Nah, nah. Goal. <laughs> <laughs> and Madra's playing uh, playing against Man City, which means Bruno Fernandes is once again on my bench. So I don't nah, think that's, that's boring at all. For you. Yeah, like, well, where's that? Where's the logic with Fernandes on your bench then? Do you just... Well, I put it down as a nil-nil, so usually you follow your predictions. <laughs> Taylor, that's did you really kind of how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been very confident. Taylor, Taylor predicted a West Ham win. He's going to captain a Manchester United player. I, but I have no way. But I have no West Ham players in. So I need to at least try to think that if it, my prediction is wrong, at least I'll be right in fantasy. I need to get one or the other right. I've got Watkins. Uh, Patrick Bamford is there. Whether he makes the team or not, I'm undecided. And then I'll still get Calvert Lewin. Uh, he's at home to Burnley. We've not discussed everything at all. I could see a decently decent return from 
Ancelotti's side against Burnley. I think that is going to bring a bit of a chaotic episode of the Fantasy Ramble to an end. Uh, thanks very much for listening, if you have. Uh, make sure to subscribe to The Ramble wherever you get your podcast and make sure new episodes show up automatically in your feed. And follow us over on Twitter at Fantasy Ramble to see all of our host predictions for this game week's fixtures. Thank you very much to Struan, Jamie and Taylor for joining me today. Pleasure as always. How long was that? I'm not sure yet. <laughs> oh, boo. Probably about an hour. Just Maybe Ugh. just over an hour. Fucking Taylor, honestly. <laughs> don't, no, don't blame me here because... You wanted the ramble on the ramble. I gave you the ramble on the ramble. Let's see ramble more. <laughs> uh, make sure to check out the football roundup on Monday and extra time next Thursday before we, re- we return on Friday as usual. Until then, my name is Jack Donnelly. This has been the Fantasy Ramble by Energy Sport. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.